I guess I'll count us in. Hi. Three, two, one. My mom had a beeper and she got a beep and she goes to the payphone and makes a phone call to my agents and she turns to me and she goes, Congratulations, Clarissa. You have not watched yourself. I have been busy, Amanda. Three decades. Watching Clarissa is like watching my high school years. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Women Binge with me, Melissa Joan Hart, and my dear friend here. I'm Amanda Lee. Amanda Lee. So let's give them a little background about how we know each other. Well, that's an interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) It starts with your child inviting himself to my home. Uh, (laughs) I love this story. I love this story. Go on. So our kids go to school together, obviously, and my husband had lunchroom duty. Well, and we just moved. So we live in Nashville and we just moved here a year ago. So this is just about a year ago. Yes. And so the, the thing about the Wilkerson family is they have no issue making friends. They have no issue talking to people. And that's my family, by the way. Yes. The Hart Wilkerson family. Yeah. They know. And, uh, so one day at lunchroom duty, Tucker turns around and sees Logan, my husband, and is like, hey, I heard there's a play date at your house. <laughs> and my husband That's was like, Tucker. yeah, I think we're going to have one. You know, he's like, can you, can I come? <laughs> and Logan didn't know what to say. Tucker like, has no fear. Sure. Oh, no. The kid will ask for anything Third he boy. Wants. Yeah. Nine-year-old precocious. He's, he's out there. He's great. And so Logan's like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know your parents, but sure. He's like, will you call him? So he comes home and he tells me, he's like, hey, this kid Tucker wants to come to the play date. Can you make this happen? By the way, our kids are nine years old. So yes, just to preface, like they're not like teenagers. No, no, no. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, what's this kid's last name? And so I start looking and I call my friend at the school and she's like, oh no, I can't give you that number. And I was like, what? (laughs) Well, and you were like PTO mom. Right. I was connected. As connected as you can be. And they would not give you my number. I love that. So it was like a wink. And she was like, maybe check the school directory. (laughs) <laughs> wink, wink. And I was like, okay, sure. So you're looking for Mrs. Wilkerson. So I'm looking, well, and luckily it's under the kids' names. So I was able to find it. And there was like one lone phone number. And I was like, I, okay, blindly texting the universe to see like who's going to respond. If this random kid can come over for a play date, he's invited himself to. Right. Great. So 24 hours goes by, no response. I'm like, well, you're just going to have to tell Tucker I haven't heard from his parents. And I don't know how to get in touch with him. So finally I do get a response. No real introduction, just he would love to come. We'll bring him. <laughs> no name, no, no nothing. nothing. By the way, this is not me she's talking about. This is my <laughs> communication-deprived husband who, like, oh, I swear, whenever my man, my man is involved with, like, any kind of communicating that has to happen, it is blunt. It is, like, you have to ask a question. Like, Mark will not... If I if I text him he, and I'll be like, you know, you didn't respond. He's like, it wasn't a question. You just told me that dinner will be ready at 6 or whatever. You know, whatever <laughs> right. it is. Right. So he, he responds, he's very nice, but I still don't know who I'm talking to. So by this point, my connections at the school have at least told me who you are. And so I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Why you wouldn't give out her information. That's great. And so sure enough. I feel very safe. I have to say, this yeah, is making me feel great. very safe at the school. So all the other moms are there at the play date and you guys pull up and come in and we're all just kind of floored because... <laughs> I mean, this is all of our childhood. You Oh, that's funny. You kind of narrated our childhood. Well, and now here we are. And here we are. Doing we, a podcast together. We were quick friends. Oh, we were. And and yeah, we really were. And and it and solidified the friendship over like very long walks. Very, we went for very long walks. An I think average I have of like, like six miles. Yeah. I think I have like Achilles walks. problems now because, <laughs> because of our of very me. long walks. <laughs> and uh yeah, and just 
Fast Friendship, and you built this set. So for anyone watching on YouTube, this set was built by Amanda with inspirations from all my shows in the past. There's so a lot of Easter eggs. There are a lot of them. Easter eggs. So you guys can we'll check see. out the set a little bit, look around, see what you might recognize from anything from my kids' it's artwork, your kids' artwork. Like we've got we've got stuff all around. Everything. From, yeah. So everything has a reference. And I will start with saying that the uh, sofas and the chairs are of the Clarissa palette because Clarissa's yes. palette was pink and blue, although the chairs are sort of greenish, right? Well, there's there's a piece of furniture in Clarissa's bedroom that is this color. That is this teal sort of peacock yes. color. The gold curtains. No, I like it. Yeah. I like the gold. No, all of these colors are references mostly yeah. to Clarissa's bedroom. And we're going to be talking but- about Clarissa today. Yes. People's homework was to watch the first episode of Clarissa, and I watched it for the first time, and you watched it for probably... I, the I mean, first not time? the first time, not the but first, the first time in a long, a long time. time. That show was out, I want 55 million years ago. Um, like five how old am I? ago. <laughs> it's at least 31 years old, Okay, so I think. 1990, right? Yeah, but wait, we can't, we're okay, not going to get we'll into get that there. yet. Wait, let's tell them what the show's about oh, first. So, so this show is about, it's your brainchild. <laughs> it grew out of your friend group on a text message yeah. uh, through the pandemic lockdown. Yep. And... It's grown from there. It has. So my group, um, I was living in Connecticut before I moved to Nashville, and my girlfriends up there were constantly on a huge group chat. And, uh, you know, what do they say? Um, I've never been held hostage, but I have been in a group text. So it's sort of like that, (laughs) you know, where people just write so much, you're like, I can't keep up. But during the pandemic, everybody was like, okay, I need a good book to read, guys. I need a good podcast to listen to on a road trip. I need a uh, show to, I'm done with every show I can think of. What's next? You know, or right. what movie should I watch or what? So I was like, well, let me start an Instagram page to give people, I feel like there's a lot more people Some out there ideas. that would like to know that. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? This would be a fun thing to talk about. So uh, it's I, what we talk about anyway. It's what we talk about all the time. It's what women and men, I mean, I know we're calling it what women binge and I know binge has become a dirty word, but um, but we're using it in a, in a, in a healthy sense, in a yes. sense of like what you intake, what you um, kind of become guilty pleasure obsessed with right right um and so we're going to talk about everything from books podcasts apps workouts beauty tips obviously tv shows will take a big i think you know a lot of yes. people watch tv so we will go that route a lot um but everything i mean it can I'm be excited to see where it goes i have a feeling some of our guests are going to surprise us with what they're into <laughs> yeah i i mean i know i have some weird ones myself well i've been reaching out to friends too about like what are you obsessed with and some people are not really diving into entertainment so much one of my friends was like well I'm a wine lover so oh. it could go that route or um I'm an organizer oh. you know so like what kind of organizing tips you might get or something I'll volunteer my house if she needs to <laughs> yeah. show examples there you go so we get a little bit of that home edit you right. know go. happening but the fun thing is we could talk about and the thing is I couldn't do this by myself because I can't watch everything, read everything, listen to everything. There's so much out there these days with streamers and content and because we are going to cover all these different variations of things and, and all these different forms of entertainment, you know, I, I needed you here to help to sort of <laughs> bounce off of and be another, you know, things that I'm not really into, reality shows or documentaries. Oh, I love reality. Like documentaries, documentaries, I don't really, I know that they become see, such another beast. I love it. But see, I'm not super into podcasts and you were obsessed. And I, I that's a recent thing for me. I swear two years ago, I was like, what's a podcast? I don't understand it. <laughs> and then I started taking road trips and I was like, instead of just listening to random music or setting a playlist, I was like, I got sick of that. And I started binging 
news on in the car. Oh, and no. then that was very unhealthy yes. for me. It was great at the time. I was like, oh, I'm being so mature. I'm being so grown up. I'm listening to the news and I'm I'm up on current events, but I'm getting in fights with everybody because I'm constantly <laughs> Now you're too educated. I was like or just too like Influenced. in the Yeah, and it like eats away at you a little bit in oh, a way. Yeah. It hurts your heart to know it what's does, going on with bit. all of these different people. All around that. the world. At, you know, every, every at every turn. And so it was um it was then that I was like, oh I could listen to a great podcast Podcast. I think someone suggested cereal to me, mm-hmm. and that was that was a great entry that point was the for deep dive. a yes, and and that was of course a murder mystery, which a lot of people are into the murder mysteries. I don't necessarily always do the murder mysteries, but yes, I am into podcasts, so we will dive into that. Okay, um, books. I was a big reader. Haven't read a book in like a year. I love books. I know you're into books right now. I, right? Oh gosh, I'm very. It, are they considered books. books if they're not actually books? So they are. The coolest thing about this is so this is oh an- so this is wait this is feeding into if you guys watch the trailer. You know, I talked about this a little. It's it's a new thing. It just started over the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, (laughs) It's werewolf novels, but they're not just like your normal like Twilighty werewolf novel. But they're online. They're not like actual books. Okay, it's an app of werewolf. Where it's a werewolf app reading. No, it's a book app. So the the coolest part about it is it's like social media for authors. So they upload a chapter at a time if they want to. So you kind of subscribe to their book. And they're writing as they go? Like yes. literally if that person's writing today, they can launch something this weekend? Yes. Wow. So they update So it's a it. podcast book. Kind of, but it's not audio. But you're reading it. You do have to read it. And can you read, what do you read it on? Your, your I computer, just, your on iPad? On my phone, which I never on thought I would be able to do. Because even Kindles bother me. I like the tactile experience of a book. Yeah. But this got me hooked. I got an ad on like Facebook. I know or you've been talking about this for a while, and you have been into it. I've man. read like six books. Hairy faced dogmen. What is that about? <laughs> Maybe it's a thing. I don't know. Gosh, I hope that's not a thing. Your husband does have a big beard. He's a hairy person. I love he you, does. baby. You do love the beards. You do love the beards. I see. I have a thing about the beards. I can't do it. I think my husband tried to grow one uh, during our first part of lockdown, and. It, it took a lot of convincing to get him to, I mean, I tried to not, not shave any well? body part of mine. I was like, I couldn't get him <laughs> we'll to shave. We'll be hairy together. Yeah, so werewolves are not my thing. I like no, the vampires more. I didn't but. think it was my thing either. <laughs> but this one sample chapter, like, sucked me in. I was like, well, I have to know what happened to the Lycan King. And <laughs> they're good. They got are. you to binge. Oh, they're terrible, though. They're <laughs> Some of them are horribly written, but the stories, they just suck you in. No, no pun intended. Um... <laughs> They're biting you. They just they're sucking blood. They get you. They literally are. They, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I and I like I've been I've been going through so many different things. Like during I I don't think I've ever watched as much TV in my life. Even though I've been on TV my whole life, people are shocked. I've never seen my show. I've never watched. I had never watched Cheers or Friends or Seinfeld until I met my husband. Like all these really? shows, all of a sudden he watches TV before he can't fall asleep without the TV on. Oh, okay. So suddenly I became a TV watcher when I met him 19, 20 years ago. And so it's interesting. It's like that was that was my way into Friends, a show that was wrapping up its final season and I'm finally watching it. We're just it. getting into it. But I was working. There were tears at the end of Friends for me. Like, <laughs> See, I was invested. I, I was get there. it. And I was actually just at, on the soundstage next to the one they shot the reunion on. And I still haven't even watched the reunion because I kind of can't bring myself to do it. But yeah, was, it did was you a, like it? I did. I liked it to an extent. I felt like it could have been more. Yeah. I thought it was going to be an episode. Right. I didn't realize it was like, I. that's why I think I never actually tuned in because I found out it was like an interview. Right. And, Super but not confused. Quite an inter- it was so, but it was well done. It was very well done, but okay. it was 
very choppy and kind of hard to keep pace with. Because well, they built the entire set. I saw the set through the mm-hmm. elephant doors on the soundstage. I saw it open, and I knew they were building huge bleachers out by the fountain where the sofa is and right. on the Warner Brothers lot. And I was I was really into it until I found out it was like sort of an interview-style thing. And then I was like, yes. oh, all right, I'll watch and that later. And reacting to certain scenes and stuff like that, which was really cool yeah. because you got to hear the behind-the-scenes and the little nuggets that you wouldn't know, like the fact that you don't know. You haven't watched Clarissa. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, that, okay, so here's the reason I haven't watched Clarissa or Sabrina or any of those. I was working on Friday nights. So, for example, like, Clarissa was on cable, so I forget what day of the week that aired. But on um, with Sabrina, it was on Friday nights, right? Mm-hmm. It was on TGIF, like, big time slot. And what's weird is, you know, Friday nights, we were working sometimes till two, a lot of nights. We worked till two in the morning, three in the morning. We were doing our opening credits when I would change my clothes at the opening titles. We would shoot those late on Friday nights. And Fridays were like our killer day because the crew could go over. um, We could keep them for more than 12 hours. And I could stay longer than 12 hours and whatnot. So it was usually our late, late night. So I'm not watching the show because then when I'm done with work, I, I get, they hand me a VHS on the day it airs. Here's your, you know, so no one would copy it. Here's your VHS tape of your show. Thank you very much. I go home, I throw it in the closet and I go to sleep. Right. And then that weekend, I'm not going to watch it. I just worked it. I'm done. Like, I mean, I maybe I shot that one six to eight weeks ago, but I'm right. not going to watch it's it again. Fresh. I just got done with work. Like yeah. I'm, and we shoot them out of order. We, um, on Sabrina, like some of these shows, like Melissa and Joey and No Good Nick and some other shows, I mean, most sitcoms, you rehearse for two days and you go all the way through the whole show for the network. So you do it twice. You do a run through twice a week. And then you do, then you break it up and you shoot the scenes out of order. And then on show night, on the Friday night, you would normally shoot a show in order. So like Friends or Cheers or any of those shows would shoot in order on Friday night. With a live audience. With a live audience. But they've already done it all the way through numerous times. So you know the progression of the show. Something like Sabrina or Clarissa, we shot completely out of order. So you kind of, except for the table read, you don't ever hear it all the way through. In order. As the actor, yeah. Okay. So so for me, it's like I don't remember the shows unless it was a costume or unless that's the day my dog died or my boyfriend broke up with me. Then there's certain things I remember about. Landmarks. Landmarks, exactly. And so that's how I remember the episodes. Um... I, for f- funny enough, I didn't even realize that I had tap danced. Someone was like, well, you tap danced with Dick Van Dyke. And I was like, I did? No, I didn't. And they were like, no, you did. Look it up. And there's photos of me oh tap dancing gosh. with Dick Van Dyke, but that's I have huge. no memory of it. Oh, that's kind of sad, though. I know. I think it's because I was probably, like, I have to think back to why I have no memory of it. And I did <laughs> watch it recently. Me. I know. I watched that one. I found it on YouTube, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, okay. I had to tap dance with him. Like, I was probably so nervous about that. He probably walked in, said hi real quick. I went, hi, Mr. Van Dyke, who are you? (laughs) But I'm, like, thinking, like, okay, shuffle ball step, shuffle ball step. Okay, do a buffalo, do a, you know, whatever. Show this man I know what I'm doing. Don't mess up, it's Dick Van Dyke. And then probably did it, and he was like, thank you very much, nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. And he gets whisked out the back door. So I think it was, like, all a blur, all very focused on what my feet were doing, not the man next to me. So um, I think that's the only excuse I can come up with of why I wouldn't know that I did that. That's so interesting. Isn't that weird? I remember that like I hung out with Backstreet Boys. Um, we'll get into that another day. But like, you know, you know like I went, I went to elementary school. That's, that's what I was doing while you were being <laughs> yes. famous. You're a little bit younger than me. She is everybody a little bit younger than me. Her, my youngest son is the same age as her oldest child. So, yes. um, so there, there is a little bit of an age gap here. A little, but I'm keeping up. Like I feel like I'm. An you old are actually. Soul. You do, and you are. Yeah, and I, you've I can you've keep up. 
you've divin dove in, div, dived I've, into a lot of um, what content. Dove? What you dove? You've dove in into a lot of content from the past. I would say from my my generation. Between you and my husband, who are both pop culture junkies. Yeah, that's true. I that's have true. He is. A big, I've really been exposed. One of these props on the set for those of you watching on YouTube. Um, is from his office, something he took from yes. the Nickelodeon set. You guys have so. something in common with the Nickelodeon thread. Logan worked on um, Slime Time Live and You Pick Live. <laughs> that was after your Clarissa time, though. Y'all yes. weren't there at the same time. So this was uh, this little sign here was actually the Sunday Slide Our sign, actual sign from Double Dare. Yes, and it said Sunday Slide until you put What Women Binge in there. Right. So that's awesome. <laughs> so, so the Sunday Slide was there, and I, I had a flashback when I saw it. I literally was like, oh, I think I went down the Sunday Slide on an episode of Clarissa. You probably did. But hey, we gotta take a quick break. Cause we've gotta we're gonna we're gonna hear from our sponsors that are supporting our show. And then we love them. We do. And then we're going to talk about your homework, which was to watch the first episode of Clarissa Explains It All. So even if you didn't watch it though, you should listen because you got some fun things to talk about. Yeah. All we'll right. be right back. We'll be right back. Amanda, do you know what my New Year's resolution is every year? What is that? It's to try to cook. You know, I'm I'm not a great cook. I mean, I try. I try all the time. But uh, my husband is desperate for me to cook more. And you know what can help with that? HelloFresh. It's America's number one meal kit. Oh, I love HelloFresh. And the new year is a great time to focus on what is most important to us, whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, us, learning how to cook, you, and prioritizing wellness. HelloFresh is here to help with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. They also offer the great flexibility that you need to easily customize your orders online or with an app, which I love because I always think about it last minute. It's easy to change your delivery day if you're going to go out of town or you know you're not going to be home. If you have food preferences or sensitivities, you can plan on the size of the group you're going to be feeding, skip a week, whatever you need to do. It's great and so easy. And you know what else? You can still satisfy your sweet tooth with desserts. Oh, yeah. They have desserts. They have limited time goodies all the time, like Dunkaroos, cookie dough, which, oh my goodness, and vanilla delight cheesecake, and so many other things. I mean, yum. I'm excited to try it. Are you excited? I am so excited, and I know my family is, too. So go right now to HelloFresh.com backslash binge16 and use the code binge16. That's B-I-N-G-E-1-6 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. So, Amanda, you know I love trivia. Yes, I do. And because I know you love trivia, I have a couple of trivia questions for you. All right, hit me. Are you ready? You got to answer these in under 15 seconds. Name a song by Dolly Parton. Uh, Jolene. A member of the Beatles. Ringo. A movie by Tom Hanks. Big. I love that one. You did it! That means you need to get online right now. Download the app Trivia Star. Yeah, Trivia Star is a free mobile trivia game with over 60 different categories that you get to choose from, including music, TV, animals, celebrities. And if you choose the correct answer from multiple choices and you beat the clock, you move on to the next level. And I know it sounds really simple, but the questions get harder and harder over time, and it is not simple. But if you get stuck, don't worry. We got your back. You can use coins and gems to get the hints to beat the level. And right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Yeah, so just go to Apple or the Google Store and you search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex those brain muscles like we just did, right? There we go. Let's play. Welcome back to What Women Binge, our very first inaugural episode. Yep. 
We're here. Virgin Podcast. Here we go. Um, Virgin Podcast. I like that. <laughs> so we um, we wanted to give everybody a little homework. So we would have something to talk about on our first. Our other episodes will have guests. Yes. So yes. this one, technically, we're the guests. We are. We, we're getting to know each other. We are. And the audience is getting to know us. Um, so let's, let's talk about the homework. Yeah. So the homework was to watch the first episode. We of all had to watch. Clarissa Explains It All. Because, like a crazy person, you have not watched yourself. I have been busy, Amanda. I have been very busy For the two last decades. 31 years. <laughs> Three, <laughs> Three decades. <laughs> and then some. Oh, um, girl. Yeah. So, okay. So I watched it. It's on Paramount Plus. Yes. Um, as well as Sabrina and all the shows I seem to direct all seem to be on Paramount Plus. That is one streamer I cannot get rid of. Well, that's great. Um, it's weird because Clarissa has never really been out there before. It's been on Nickelodeon. It started on Nickelodeon back when nobody had cable. So most people saw it. If they thought they saw it in a first run, they probably saw it in reruns. Right. Um, it aired in 89 through 93. I only know that because I graduated high school right after. <laughs> so this is technically, watching Clarissa is like watching my high school years. Okay. So we did, okay, when I looked at Paramount Plus last night, these are the things that shocked me. There were, it says there's five seasons. How many were there really? Technically we did four because we worked over four years. Mm -hmm. And every season was like 13 episodes as far as I remember. So what's four times 13? Hold on. We have to do some oh, quick math here. Like I am not your girl for math. A, um, anybody? What's? <laughs> 52. <laughs> so apparently we did that. According to me, we would have done 52 episodes if we had done four seasons of 13 episodes. But I thought we had, I'd always said we did 65 on Paramount Plus, there are 63 episodes, but they're so broken up over missing? five seasons. It's really weird. I don't know if there's two missing or I just was wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's it's probable I was wrong that I've been saying this wrong for 31 years, but, um, you know, I'll, I could ask my mother. She would know for sure. She was always around. And so knows. let's take this back and start okay. at the beginning. Let's go to the beginning. The year is 1989. That's right. How old are you? Uh, let's see, I was born in 70, so 13. Okay, you're 13. Yes. You're getting ready to do Clarissa. Well, first I had to audition. So all my other projects after Clarissa, I didn't have to audition. Okay. They were created for me by my mother and myself as producers. Clarissa was the last of the projects that I really, really auditioned for mm -hmm. that I can remember. So it's been like 31 years since I've auditioned, <laughs> um, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, but I, yeah, so I had to audition. So the audition process was insane. Um, I went back three times. I was doing a play off Broadway called um, Imagining Brad. And I was doing a monologue on stage. It was supposed to be a half an hour, but I talked fast. <laughs> and so it was, it turned out to be like 20 minutes of a monologue um, in the Players Theater in New York City, downtown. And my part was called the Valerie of Now. So I was playing Valerie. I had to dye my hair red. The woman that came after me um, to play Valerie later on in the movie, in in the play, Imagining Brad, um, she, you find out that it's me later on. So in the whole thing, I'm like singing and dancing and doing all this stuff on stage. So I got amazing reviews on this. Like this was, and I was working with Joe Mantello, who went on to direct things like Wicked. He's a huge Broadway wow. director. And um, that's Joe Mantello, and it was written by Peter Hedges, who, if you know who Lucas Hedges is, it's it's actually because of my first play, beside herself, that Peter met my co-star, had a baby, and that's Lucas. Oh. Um, and so <laughs> he came to see my play before I did his play. So Peter Hedges wrote and um, I think directed like Dan in Real Life, Gilbert oh, Grape, yeah. like some huge projects. Um, 
the two of them and me in the room for weeks beforehand memorizing my monologue is how I got rid of my New York accent. Except that in Clarissa, you can hear it. Like there's Oh, a for few, sure, you can hear it. Yeah. So what they had me do was an exercise where I would say, calling all dog daughters, which started out as calling all dog daughters. <laughs> and slowly I had to go, calling all dog daughters. And I found it so awkward. But any word that rhymed with that, I could get rid of my New York accent. But things like Santa Claus or Paranoid or Florida... I still say with a New York accent. My kids are always like, is it an orange, Ma? Are you going to Florida to get that orange? I'm like, yeah, I am. Um, so I definitely heard that in Clarissa, which is crazy, my New York accent. So I'm doing this play, and apparently the executive producer did not want a blonde for Clarissa. Refused. Blondes can't be smart. Can't have a blonde for this part. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if he was that stereotypical, but I think so. But um, For the he, story, it works. Yes, yeah. So he refused to have a blonde, and he'll tell you that, too. But, um, I mean, that's where I heard it. <laughs> and then he he heard from his veterinarian or something. He took his dog in, and the vet said, I just went to see this play, um, Imagining Brad, and this you got to see this girl. She was great. You got to, you know, audition her. So he auditioned me. I was wearing the colors of our set right now. I was wearing pink and blue, which it turns out are his favorite colors. And um, I had an overall, like, overall outfit on, and my strap would fall, and I'd put it back up. And he asked me, well, then it was like the second in audition. I came back for a second audition. I always wear the same thing. First audition, second audition, third audition, same exact thing. If it's good luck, it's good luck. If they like you, they like you. Keep it going. You know, don't right. change anything unless they tell you to. And so, you know, after it all, he told me that he looked at all the auditions side by side and my strap fell in the same point every time. So he thought it was like a method acting thing. It oh. wasn't. It was probably because my body was moving the same way. Each, <laughs> like I raised my arm or I did something each time and it would fall at the same point and I put it back up. And so he thought that was very method. And, uh, and then he asked me at one point, and you know this story, <laughs> he asked me, do you like the new kids on the block? And I went, I hate them. And he was like, and then I went, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This guy is Hollywood. He probably knows them. They're probably his nephews. I just blew this audition. And he goes, well, who do you like? And I said, they might be giants. But meanwhile, I'm getting teased at school all the time for saying I like they might be giants instead of Duran Duran or something, you know. But I liked they might be giants. And uh, he went, okay. And I left there and I went, oh, I blew it. I blew it. He doesn't want me. And back then there were payphones and beepers. And my mom had a beeper and she got a beep. And she goes to the payphone and makes a phone call to my agents. And she turns to me and she goes, congratulations, Clarissa. And that was it. Aww. So I knew I got the part. But um, I was also auditioning for Blossom at the same time to play Six, her sidekick. Oh, how cool. Fast-talking sidekick. Kind of fits for me, too. Right. Um, and at night, I'm praying, like, I don't know which one I want. Do I want to be Clarissa on cable, or do I want to be the sidekick to someone on NBC, you know, the biggest network there is at the time. Right. And um, and so that was a big thing for me. But, um, I but think yeah, you so made we, the right choice. Well, I didn't, I didn't choose it. God chose it for me. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a great... It was a great show to be a part of. So it was fun to watch it back. Like, I was just too busy. We worked 70-hour weeks on that show. That I was crazy. Going to school and working. And the amount of lines I had on that show. And if you watch it, like, just watch the first episode. That very first scene is pretty much all in one shot. That is so much talking. I had to put on my vest. What do I do? I put on there's my vest. A, uh, I do my hair. And then a jacket. I've got foam on my face. There's foam? I had, like, the toothpaste on my face. Yes, yeah, the toothpaste. So that had to come off, had to put on the, the vest, put on the s combat boots and mm -hmm. lace them up. Yeah, you went through the whole getting ready process. It was a lot. It was and a, lot. a lot of work. And you never quit talking the whole time. Yeah. And you switched cameras. And there's graphics I'm pointing to. Yes. 
Yeah, I switched cameras only a few times, and that's when we could cut, but we I don't think we did. Um, yeah, so I had, I had, those were, that was the scene I had done in the audition, I think. So I'd already gotten used to saying that so many times, but. Oof, that was a lot of dialogue. It was a lot. And we had done a pilot, so I'd already done it once, and then we had to do it again for the first episode. Um, because I think we replaced Sam. Sam was different from the pilot to the first now, episode. Now, Sam in the first episode is great. Yeah. Like, a great actor. Yeah. However, that black eye. Is the worst. Oh, when they gave him the black eye and the uh, he I gets hit by a football seen. football. I don't know why they chose to do. I feel like it was supposed to be a little bit comical, um, because there's no reason why they would just give him. So he gets hit in the face with a football. We think, or he gets an elbow in the face or something he, in football practice. There's a whole convoluted story, and about he how walks he gets in hit. with this like black. It looks like it looks like pay, uh, uh, the the paint that you put under when you're playing football, right? So you'd think that he's just going to football practice because of the way it looks, but it was supposed to be a black eye that he was given, but it's just <laughs> so a funny. smear of, like, smudge. Yeah, it was weird. It was very, it was bizarre, but he still, he did a great job, but it was hilarious. Yeah. And so taking a step back, wardrobe. Yes. This is iconic. I don't think you understand just how much I've actually influenced I've fashion. had a lot of people say they got into the fashion industry because of Clarissa. And I mean, our... Oh, rest her soul. Our designer, Lisa Letterer, was incredible. What a great friend and what a talent. But she was from the East Village of New York City. And even though she was everything I wanted to be, a goth punk kind of <laughs> woman, um, she knew style, man. And you know what's great about that show? What I really appreciate now as a parent looking back and looking at other Nickelodeon shows and other like child stars that are influencing my children, it wasn't sexy. No. It wasn't trying to be a sexy show. Like, you see some of these girls, and they're wearing the cutoff midriffs. You know, they got heels on their legs, and they've got all this makeup on, and their hair's totally done. I was really messy in that first episode. You had the midriff and everything, but you were appropriate. There was, yeah, there was a little bit of a, there was, but you only saw my skin. I kept looking for that to see if I had something on underneath it, and I didn't. You only see my skin at one point at the very end when I, like, lifted my arms up. Yeah, there's just like a, a couple of times when you're in that little crop sweater yeah, thing. and it went up a little. But I didn't think I didn't think anything of it. Whereas today, watching a kid's show, I'd be like... Even like Ow. Hannah Montana or maybe, maybe iCarly, I don't know. Um, you know, as they got older, it became a little bit sexier. The sexiest part of Clarissa was the opening titles. And I will tell you this, Paramount um, has the opening titles of the very first episode are actually the opening titles from like like later seasons. Right, I was 16. They're grown up. Yeah, I was wearing the hot pink tights and, and like black. A, and black little black short. I remember mm-hmm. feeling like that was really sexy with those like big go-go boots. Mm-hmm. That was the sexiest outfit I ever wore on that. And it was of course on every now it's on every episode because they don't even I don't even think they have the first opening on there um which was like in the pajamas with the wolf head. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I had like yeah. pink pajamas. No, it was the other. Yeah, it, in sequence. the first opening titles for I think the first season or two. I was in a different outfit for each character. So I was the ballerina because mommy wanted me to be the ballerina. I was the sports, I was the basketball player because dad wanted me to be a sports star. And, you know, I was a, I was a werewolf because that's what Ferguson wanted me to be. And, uh, and then the second set of, uh, I remember doing those and just feeling like, really like, oh, and it was, I had my first boyfriend, real life boyfriend at the time. So I remember being like, mm, he's going to like this outfit. <laughs> but that was the only time I was ever sexy on the show, I feel like. I think, well, from my memory. We'll have to deep dive into more episodes and see. But I personally recall, and my sister too, we had this conversation just talking about this episode and moving into this, uh, about the outfit with the Keith uh, Herring t-shirt yeah. and the vest and the shorts. 
Like, yeah, these days you couldn't even, I don't even think you could wear artwork on a shirt like that, represent it. It was so cool. Yeah. And that was the iconic. Like, that's what but it's we a big wanted. baggy t-shirt, like tucked into a yeah. skirt over leggings, over boots, over, you know, like lots of layers. That's what that show was. Layers that didn't coordinate. But it like, was great. Yeah. And you've, so and you've mimicked it here on our set in a way with all the different kind of details and colors. And although there was a rule, we weren't allowed to use purple right. on Clarissa. That was a very specific rule that Mitchell Kriegman, our, our showrunner creator, came up with. No purple. And we didn't know why. And later on, he just said, I just wanted to see if everyone would follow it. Like, I just wanted a rule. <laughs> he had a great Bible. Like, when, when you do a show, you usually um, write a Bible. Mm-hmm. The showrunner will come up with a Bible, which is like your... Um, not the Bible, a Bible, <laughs> um, with a lowercase b. And it, w- it would describe all the rules of the show, right? So, like, I would think for something like, I don't know this for sure, but, like, if young Sheldon has one, it has all the prophecy that comes later um, from Big Bang Theory, what has right. to happen back, you know, traveling backwards. Mm-hmm. The things that they set up in the show, the things you've said, like, did you say that Clarissa lost her tooth when she was 12? Or did you say that she, you know, all these little things and you have to keep little notes. So you can go back and reference. Yeah, so every writer that comes in and every writer that's writing it can reference certain things and, you know, just know, like, you know, did she always sit in that chair at the at the dinner table or did she, you know... Did she always, did she say she would never wear a ponytail or whatever the rules are, right? And so purple is the only one I can think of right now that was definitely like a Bible rule for that. But did you find it um, funny that uh, that in the very beginning I say Ferguson must die? Like, you could not make that show today. I, no, just with that line. Just, just that with, line, I think. But there's other things too. Like just the world has changed so dramatically yeah. since that time. Like you have a, to change the language the a little. The sibling relationship, I feel like, has changed. The dynamic between siblings, or at least... But the, it's, it was such a... That was such a... Um, oh, that's what the whole show is. Yes. It's really about how much she hates her brother. But that was... that it, in, in the world of what I remember from the 90s, that was kind of the dynamic that was always portrayed, was the sibling rivalry. Yeah. And, you know, kind of... It's silly. They love each other, yeah. but they also love to hate each other. But it's funny because it also, I feel like a lot of shows that center around females were always about who the girl was going to be in love with. Yes. Except like maybe Blossom wasn't really about that. No. But, um, but I feel like like if you watch things like Designing Women or Golden Girls mm-hmm. or some of these shows, the underlying theme in the very first episode is that someone's engaged. Right. And it's going to blow up and the girls are going to need each other. Right. You know? They're all going to have to come together. And I like that in Clarissa, there's not really even that tension between Clarissa and Sam. Not until there's one very late episode, I remember, because it was a big deal, in like maybe the fourth season, um, or maybe fifth on Paramount Plus, who knows. Um, <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> towards the end, uh, where we do address it for a minute. Um, and I think the reimagining, so Mitchell Kriegman mm-hmm. wrote a book called Things I Didn't Explain, or Things I can't explain. No, things I didn't explain, I think. He, I think, had Clarissa and Sam get together at some point. Not oh. not in the book, but previously. Like, in between the series and the book. Okay. So there was a little bit of a relationship there, I think, in his mind. Um, but we did address it for one episode and decided that was no good. Yeah. I mean, they're just... They're friends. And it works yeah. that way. The way that they talk to each other. Especially because sh- they started so... Like, when you look at the show, we're so young. That How old is Clarissa supposed to be? Same age as I was. So I, it was the f- only time in my life that I played the character that was the same age as me until these Lifetime Christmas movies. Okay. But now I'm trying to play those younger, so. <laughs> um, Clarissa was 14 through, like, 18 pretty much the whole time. Okay. She goes through the same journeys I was going through in life, and she, uh, and then I had to go back and do it all over again with Sabrina. So then I had to start at 16 again. 
when I was 20, you know? You were 20 already. I was 20 when we did Sabrina. I was never a teenage witch. I was never a teenager playing a teenage witch. That's crazy. I know. It's kind of weird, right? Um, okay. And so let's talk about being a 45-year-old woman mm. and watching your 14-year-old self on television. Okay. First thing I thought was I look like my son Brady. You look just like your children. I thought it was kind of crazy. I thought you looked just like Tucker. Really? Yes. It was like watching. But not with the ears. Tucker has big ears. Well, no, just in general, <laughs> the mannerisms, the the way you spoke. Really? Yes. I saw Brady. That's so funny. I literally have in my notes written Well, you know Brady. them better than I do, obviously. But just based on what I saw, the, even like the way that you make kind of the angsty eyes, like when you're frustrated <laughs> with Ferguson, I was like, oh, that is Tucker. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, so, it's kind of crazy. I didn't expect that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I was wondering, I wanted to watch it with them and get their reaction, but I watched it too late. They were already in bed and I kind of was like, oh, I forgot. But so something else that hit me was Elvis. Well, oh, I forgot what a big alligator. part Elvis was. Yes. yes. That could be a good little trivia for someday. I, well, in designing the set, since it's all based off of Clarissa and your room, there was many, like, potential nods to Elvis in here. Yeah. That just, once we got him in here, they didn't make the cut. Like, an, you're like, what's an alligator doing in the set? Right. Oh, but. that's funny. I uh, I realized last night that I seem to always have a sidekick animal on a show that I do. Um, yes, you do. With Salem and with Elvis. I mean, not really on Melissa and Joey and not on No Good Nick. But, <laughs> um, but I did have, for many, many, many years, many episodes of television, I had a sidekick that was an animal. So let's talk about Elvis a little bit. I know. I never got to work with that little cute little caiman. It was a caiman. Oh, it wasn't an alligator? No, I think it was a baby caiman. It might have been a full-grown caiman. I have to ask my oldest son who thinks he's a marine biologist, or a mean biologist, as he used to say. Oh. Um, it was only brought in for those close-ups. You'll notice I never hold it. So I, it wasn't, I mean, obviously it's television. It wasn't actually in the pool, but it's. They put it in the pool. They would make us leave the set pretty much. They would push the cameras upstage, put it in the pool, shoot the, shoot the alligator for a while, let it kind of react, try to make it mad, make it open its mouth and do a few, you know, gesture around, move around a little bit, and they'd be done. So if you notice, it's always a close-up of the... So even when Sam's coming through the window in the first one and he's like, oh, hey, Elvis, or I'm like, don't step on Elvis, then when they cut to the close-up and then I push the pool aside, he's not in that pool when I push it. So he's only in it for that close-up. And there's never... You'll never tie us... You'll never see the alligator in a shot with us. Oh, sad. I don't think. I don't think. Maybe there was That's a bummer. later, but I remember I wasn't allowed near it, and I was told, <laughs> I never forget this, um, if you, you can't pet it, because if you get close to it and you put your finger in its mouth and it bites down, your first instinct will be to pull back and you'll rip his teeth out. Oh. So it was like. Wasn't concerned for It wasn't for finger. me. It was for <laughs> the alligator, of course. Um, but yeah, it was a whole thing about like, you're going to, if it bites you, you're going to pull back and it's going to, so don't get, you're not allowed anywhere near it. Wow. Okay. I was also 14 and a little bit of an idiot. So <laughs> I was a little bit crazy on that set. I thought I was very adult. I was living in Orlando. We shot that in Orlando at Nickelodeon Studios, Orlando, Florida, um, which was part of Universal Studios. It was brand new. It was state-of-the-art. It was beautiful. We had a gack and slime kitchen next door, so I would go eat the gack and the slime. We were part of the tour of Universal Studios. Like the, People could come in and tour Nickelodeon Studios and watch us film. This is one of my favorite stories, actually, oh. about people coming through on the tours, and you're this 14-year-old girl from New York in Florida whose purse is like a sailor. <laughs> and um, people would, they'd go, let's tune in down on the floor and hear Melissa, hear what's going on on the set of Clarissa Explains It All. And they'd be like, oh, let's turn that off. Okay. Enough of that. <laughs> Beep. 
most of the bloopers, and someone has recently leaked the bloopers. You can find them on YouTube, along with us. Subscribe, please. Um, on YouTube, I think you can find some of the, or some people have been posting them on social media, the bloopers, and a lot of it's, I don't think they've been posting the ones of me cursing, but there's definitely <laughs> a exist. lot. The thing I've watched, so I've never watched my show, I've watched the bloopers so many times. Because it's only really special to me to remember the jokes, to remember the um, the sets, the people, the crew. The so- like I remember the song "Porno for Pyros," uh, the song "Pets" by them mm-hmm. is a bi- and the song "Sweet Melissa" is a big part of our very first bloopers. And because of that, the song "Sweet Melissa" for many years was the song that we sang or that played at the very end of any rap party. So when you rap a show, mm-hmm. you know W R A P, like when like you wrap up. So our rap parties. The last song that the DJ would always play at those parties was Sweet Melissa. And everyone would kind of get together, like, you know, put your arms around each other, rock back and forth, sway, cry, because you don't know if you're coming back next season or not. And on Clarissa, it was very emotional for me. Every season that we ended was like, is this the end? Is this the last time? I have to go back to New York. Everyone's going different directions. Back then, no email, no cell phones. Right. You'd get people's home numbers and hope they'd answer. Or addresses to send letters. Addresses for, and you know what? what's weird is now I send so many Christmas cards out and I don't really, one of my very, very, very best friends, um, Michelle, worked wardrobe on Clarissa and her husband, David, was the producer's assistant, Mitchell Kriegman's assistant. And I'm still super close with them but I can't say that I'm really close with anyone except maybe a few of the directors. Like Liz Plunka was one of the directors, um, and I just idolized her, and uh, and now I'm following in her footsteps. And uh, Chuck Vinson was one of our directors that I loved and adored. But I feel like I didn't get um, I didn't get to stay in touch with a lot of people. Well, that was a different age for sure. Different age, different time. I mean, even Sabrina. Everyone had AOL addresses back then. Right. So I, I tried to throw a little reunion just for the crew. Sorry out there. Everybody wants a big Sabrina reunion. <laughs> I wanted to just get together with the crew one night, and it was really hard to track people down. Oh. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult for me with Clarissa. I stayed in touch with the cast for a little while after, but that was it. Ferguson, Jason Zimbler, went on to work at HBO. Oh, that's cool. Elizabeth Hess, who played my mom, we kept in touch for a little while. I really wanted to have her on Sabrina. We never figured it out. Um, Joe, who played my dad, mm-hmm. uh, he came on Sabrina and played a man whose son believed in Santa Claus. And I think John Ratzenberger of Cheers fame. Oh. He was Santa in that episode of Sabrina. So, oh, cool. um, yeah, but Joe was on that, on an episode of Sabrina. So we were able to have him on. And Sam, nobody knows what happened to Sean. Um, I don't know. He lived in Orlando. He was the only one from Orlando. Kind of lost touch with him. And uh, need to get our people on it. Yeah, I hope See if we can't good. hunt down Sam. I know it'd be great to have everybody here. Well, that'd be fun. So if you were directing, <gasps> weird. the first episode of Clarissa, what would you have done differently? Uh, how about not have booms in the shot? <laughs> there are so so a boom for those that don't know is the microphone, but it's a big. Uh, you see, I've seen him in Friends and some shows here and there, um, and it's it gets to be a little bit. Um, if you see like a boom in the shot, you know it's like. That's the only take they have because they're trying to fix that. Right. Um, so it's it's interesting that they, uh, they, they had that in there. I don't know if it's because we've changed the size of our TVs. I which think that could probably be a lot of it. But if you're watching the but episode. But then it should be in there the whole time. The first one we saw was when they're sitting at breakfast at the kitchen table. It's above Ferguson's head. Yeah. It, it happens like two or three times and there's a bunch of boom shadows too. Yes. Which is a tricky, tricky thing. And it's funny. It doesn't really... Um, when you have a boom shadow, it, it happens pretty often. You'll see it across people's foreheads or in the back, and that's the stuff we try to avoid so much in this industry. But um, it's so crazy how much it happened, and only always in the kitchen set. Maybe because there were so many people, and the 
it, it was just maybe the way it was lit. I don't know. Here's a little tidbit. Okay. So about my little friend Sam, one thing people don't know is that the ladder only had like three rungs on it. So he is laying. And sometimes these scenes were pages long before he'd come in. I'd give two or three pages of monologue, have a little scene with Ferguson, and then Sam would come in. He would be laying on like a, like a blanket in behind the window with that ladder. It's attached to hinges on the floor. It's laying across his stomach. And all of a sudden, it's his time to come. He would swing that ladder up without his hand being seen. It would hit the window. I'd be like, hey, Sam, there's that little sting, that little thing, mm-hmm. or whatever happens. And then he would wait a few seconds and then get on his knees and kind of crawl up and then pretend he was like climbing up the ladder. So he was never climbing up any sort of ladder. He was climbing up three rungs. And thank God he was young because I think that would just take a toll on my knees now. Right? I can't imagine. And I sometimes how long he would be laying. Sometimes he'd fall asleep back there. And we'd be like, hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Sam. Where's, where's Sean? Sean. <laughs> and there are a few bloopers where actually I'm like, hey, Sean. And he's like, Sean. Who's Sean? <laughs> One of the lines I liked the most from the show, and I feel like I need to use this again, bring this back in my real life, is uh, embarrassment is my least favorite emotion. Oh, yes. That's a good one. That was a great one. There's some great lines. I mean, the writers, okay, so here's another. The writers from this show went on to huge success. You have Alexi Young, who went on to write for Friends, mm-hmm. became a showrunner, I think, for Friends. Um, Paul Lieberstein, who went on to showrun and be Toby in The Office. Oh. Um Suzanne, uh, uh, Suzanne, what's her name, who wrote the Hunger Games series. Are you books, serious? Books, yeah. So wow. she wrote an episode or two of Clarissa, and she went on, to, uh, she wrote, a, I think she wrote more than that, but she went on to write the Hunger Games series. That's crazy. Yeah, it's insane, like, how much. I love the dialogue. I love that it was fast. It was very kind of Gilmore Girls-y with the pop culture references. Like, I noticed there was one in there about a magician, and Logan was like, didn't that guy die in 2000? Doug Henning. (laughs) Mark was watching it with me last night, and Mark goes, who's Doug Henning? And I was like, he was a famous musician. I mean, magician. (laughs) And the only reason I know that is because I had done the very first ever minivan commercial with him years before, it was about how you could magically fit a family of seven in a minivan. In one car together. So he had, yes, yeah. he had this big cape that would light up. We shot this commercial for seven days, five days, seven days, a whole week, whatever oh it was. My. And for the longest time, they would call me the little girl in the red shoes. And my mom threw a fit. She became a stage mom and was like, her name is Melissa. She has a name. You can't just call her the little girl in the red shoes for five days straight. Oh. And they were like, fine. Go mom. Melissa. Can you move a little to your left? You know, (laughs) so I had worked with Doug Henning, so I knew who he was. But I mean, probably should have said some other more, you know. So he passed away? Apparently. That's sad. But it was a cool reference. And the fact that like those kind of things were in there just made me think of like, this was ahead of its time. It didn't know, like they didn't know that that this would influence TV to come. Well, some of the, I quote, almost every episode I quote somebody and, um, and there, there were a lot of, I remember Queen Latifah, I remember Dalai Lama, I remember quoting a bunch of really cool people, maybe even like someone from Red Hot Chili Peppers or something, like, she would quote all different people, but <laughs> I do remember a weird, like, there were times when I had to say things I just didn't understand. Right. Being that I was, you know, young teenager, not going to a regular school either, um, having, being, being tutored basically on set every day, um, which nowadays people call homeschooling right. or virtual schooling, but I was doing it being tutored with one teacher for each subject. And, uh, and the only other people in my school were Sean and, um, and uh, uh, Jason, Ferguson and Sam. And, um, and we were in a trailer outside. Right. And uh, so I didn't really get 
you know, the best education at the time. I mean, they did their best, but it was hard to retain that stuff and also learn the lines. But things like I had to say Tibet. And I didn't know geography. I didn't really know, never had heard of Tibet. And so I kept calling it Tibet. <laughs> and these are always in monologues. Or I had pages of dialogue, right, too. To change one little thing. Is- oh, my gosh. And you just have a flow and you're going through it. And you've memorized it a certain way. Yeah, and it's like two pages of monologue direct to camera so nothing can be messed up. And then you get into the scene with Sam or whatever and and Tibet. And you're like, it's it's Tibet? Oh, we got to go back. We got to do it again. Okay. Tibet. Like, it's, I'm like, Tibet? Tibet? What is it? And they're like, Tibet? I'm like, okay. Speaking of that, this must be really interesting for you. You don't work off script very often. No, right now, doing a podcast? No, I, uh... I'm used to memorizing, like memorizing. Like someone will be like, oh, here's the rough idea of a script. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm going to need that written out so I can see it and I can know it and I can put it all in there and then you flush it you made up for it with notes. I do have my notes. <laughs> I wrote it all while I was watching. I was like writing things down. Like here's one. Ferg face must die. Oh, we already talked about that. Like that's yes. like a little bit, that still gets me. I Ferg, know. And by the way, how many names do I have for him? So many. Like Booger Boy, I think I said. Oh, and- dork weed or so I don't know I said so many things <laughs> now I want to talk about Clarissa's room okay because I know you're into this the, I'm into it because this design room, well no it's everything I wanted as a little girl your wardrobe and your bedroom oh did you get to influence any of that and if so what no you know what's crazy is at the time I was living in New York when I first started the show um in the middle of the first season my parents got divorced and I moved to Manhattan mm-hmm. and my room in Manhattan looked an awful lot like Clarissa's. Paint all over the walls. I had shoe prints on the ceiling. I let people come in and just write on my wall whatever quote they wanted. Oh, that's cool. I had a huge flower I had painted with the center of the flower was the earth. So it was like an earth flower. And then I had had a huge sun with an eyeball in the middle of it in the center of my room and footprints on the ceiling. And all her necklaces, she wore a lot of like rope necklaces with um, onks and peace signs yeah. and stuff. And I hung all those. I had a, a, a I only had a skylight in my room because I lived in the top of a townhouse. So in my room, I had a skylight, and it had bars over it, like security bars. Right. And I would hang all my necklaces from it. So it was like my own little mobile. Oh, <laughs> it was cool. Like a little child with a mobile. Um, and so my second room ended up a lot like Clarissa's. I don't know if that was my style or hers. Maybe her influencing me there. Uh, fashion wise, I wish I had taken more of her fashion sense, but I couldn't quite figure it out. It's a tricky. I mean, it's what everybody aspired to. I think at that time. But, I mean, I grew up in Alabama, so there was no, that was not going to fly at my school. You know, it would have been too much. But, well, even at my school in Long Island, until I moved into Manhattan, I was doing, like I said before, I was doing plays in the city. I was working on one play with Calista Flockhart. She would take me shopping. I went to a store called Daffy's, and it was like a trendy store, probably a Forever 21. Yeah. Um, And, you know, she took me shopping, and she we'd go there, and I bought this little black, uh, number it was like a tulle skirt with red polka dot felt circle like little dots Mm -hmm. and then the shirt was black and red stripes and I went back to Long Island and wore that thing in my preppy yuppie school and I got what are you wearing what is that you're not even that far from where you got it (laughs) I know I know my town was a great town it was a great place to grow up but fashion was not a thing (laughs) it missed it it just wasn't a thing so Being inspired and then being able to grow up and become those things, I think, has been really cool. Um, 
So back back to the room, little nuggets. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, this piece mm-hmm. up above your head yes. was actually in Clarissa's bedroom. It, I, I don't know if it was, let's see. It says on the bottom, it says Clarissa Art Department 1992. So I think what they did was they made this. It's a very Keith Haring inspired mm-hmm. piece. I think they made this for me as a gift. Might have oh. been a birthday present. Um, they had a lot of surprise birthday parties for me there. Oh, that's really My sweet. 16th, my 17th. Um, and so I had a graduation there. I graduated on set. And so I think that might have been a gift that they created for me, knowing Still I like. Still very cool. I know, very cool. And it's so of the style. Actually, that art department, what was his name? David. Um, they helped me out so much. Like, I had a school project due. I had to do something on Shakespeare. And I had to build a model of the Globe Theater in England. And... um. <sighs> I didn't have time for this. I was in school on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday shooting my show, rehearsing Monday, Tuesday, shooting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I got Saturdays off. And I was lucky if I went rollerblading or had a friend that I could maybe hang out with. Like Joanna Garcia was once on our show. And I was like, do you want to sleep over? Do you want to have, do you want to make cookie dough? Do you want to watch 90210? What do you want? What do you, <laughs> can we, what, do you, what can we do together? You want to go to the movies? You want to go, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Can we hang out on Saturday? Can we do something? Um, and I was just so desperate for girlfriends. The only thing I contributed to this whole, they built this beautiful model of the Globe Theater out of like styrofoam and paint and they put dirt floor on it and everything because it was a dirt wow. floor back then. And all uh, all I could do is they were like, we don't know what to do about the rails. And I was like, oh, take strawberry baskets, those little green plastic baskets, mm-hmm. cut them up and make the rails out of that. And they're like, oh, good idea. I don't know if they were, now looking back on it, maybe they were trying to at least get me to participate a little bit. Right. Because basically they handed me a model and said, give this to your English teacher. <laughs> and it was, I mean, they must have known I did not make that thing. So I don't even know how it got back to New York to my teachers. But um, yeah, so basically they helped me with my homework. That's really fun. But my homework, it's from Clarissa that I started directing, I think, because I started paying attention to everything on the set. The lights, the booms a little bit, not so much, but the cameras. I played with the cameras. I wanted to know everything. Um, I watched the directors. I looked at how they made marks in their books. And mm-hmm. I think now that's why I take so many notes. I direct and I take notes. Well, I'm always prepared. Oh, my teeth and my eyebrows. Oh, I my, loved your eyebrows. My eyebrows, my mom, so this is my mom. She was being the stage mom that she is, but which stage mom, by the way, does not mean bossy, nasty. No, protective. She took care of me, and she said, you are not putting a ton of makeup on my daughter, and you will not pluck her eyebrows. So, and I was not allowed to wear mascara, I believe, with no mascara. So I was very heavy on, like, the base and the blush, but there was, like, if you notice, no lipstick, yeah, no real eye natural. makeup. Yeah, my eyebrows were very big and bushy, which I wish they were now because it's so in again. <laughs> but my teeth, so Did you story. get braces during? So I was actually missing two. <laughs> Nobody knows this. This is my secret. Okay. I'm missing two adult teeth. So one was still a child's tooth until I was 18. When the show ended, it fell out. And one I was missing, and they wouldn't let me fix. They were like, you look younger without it. We're not letting you fix it. So I never was able to fix my teeth. Once the show was over, I had braces, and my tooth fell out, and then I had to get bridges. So it was a whole thing. So these are all, you know, my kids were always like, you have fake teeth. Whatever. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Nobody knows that. you keep. There is supposedly something (laughs) online about it, but nobody knows the real story. Well, there it is. Secrets. Now it's out there. That's the beauty of this podcast is you have the secrets, and now you have a way to share them. Yes. And then we have our secrets jar, so we're going to do some secrets. Yes. But let's uh, let's hear from our lovely sponsors who are making sure that this show gets heard all around, and then we'll come back and do some rapid-fire questions and some secrets. Yes. Love it. Let's do it. Here we go. 
So Amanda, when I was growing up, I came from a really big family and the go-to breakfast was always cereal. It was just, you know, it was easy. It was cheap. It was, yeah, just easy to do. And for my mom to have all these kids, it was just easy for her. But, you know, as you get older, you can't really eat that stuff. And you learn that, you know, you got to watch out for sugar and carbs and all that other stuff as adults that we have to take care of ourselves. And I had to find a new way to eat. So I found Magic Spoon. I also love my cereal and had to give it up for health reasons. I've recently gone gluten-free and some other things. So Magic Spoon has been my saving grace in this. I love Magic Spoon. It's zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs, and only 140 calories in each serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, woohoo, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. And best of all, there are so many flavors. I recently just tried the variety pack. It comes with cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And I am digging the chocolate, the cocoa, mixed with the peanut butter. It is a peanut butter cup in a bowl. Do it with a little bit of oat milk. It is amazing. So right now you can grab a variety pack. If you go to magicspoon.com backslash WWB, like, you know, what women binge, and grab a variety pack, try it today. Be sure to use our promo code WWB at checkout, and it'll save you $5 off your first order. Magic Spoon is so confident in the product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for being our awesome sponsor. Again, go to magicspoon.com slash WWB and use the code WWB to save $5 off. Welcome back to What Women Binge. So, Amanda. Yeah? Let's do some rapid fire kind of questions here that we have prepared and we're going to ask all of our guests as we go forward. Yes, but I feel like people need to know this about us, too. Like this is gonna these things. It's a key to our for sure. At least for, for now, sure. these are gonna change. Maybe we need to do these once in a while. Yeah, check in. But these are these are kind of like these. Uh, this is very current, up to date right now. Then we'll do a this or that, and that'll be a little bit more like yeah. things they definitely need to know. All right. So, what show is listed under your continue to watch in your Netflix queue? Mm. Great British Bake Off. Okay. I think mine. I have a lot of like ones that I started and didn't finish. So probably. Well, Love Life, I think, is one of them. I don't know if that's Netflix, but... I haven't started that one. Yeah, there's a bunch I've started and haven't finished. Designing Women is another one that I haven't Is that on quite... Netflix? I don't know if it's Netflix. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, um, that's probably on mine, too. All right, Amanda, what is a book that has been sitting on your nightstand a little too long? Um, so, probably the new J.K. Rowling book, and I say new because I'm pretty sure it came out in, like, 2016. That's how long <laughs> it's been sitting there. It was uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And you haven't, re- you haven't, you started it, but you haven't I've finished started it. I've started it. I've read, like, yeah. <laughs> you keep going back to the same 20 pages? Yeah. That's what I do. You have to revisit because you forget. Yeah, and- you reread it. The kids interrupt. You reread it. You get into a TV show. You reread it. I know, that's, uh, so for me. a werewolf novel pops up <laughs> on my phone and it's over. <laughs> for me, the book that's been sitting there forever is Great Gatsby. I just can't get through it. I keep, I, I know, I feel like I know what happens. I love that time period. But um, I don't know if it's, if it's me or distractions or the writing, but someday I've got to get through that book. I love that book. I, I love Epstein. I bet you too. do. What's your go-to? Oh, you're not a podcast girl. This is a podcast question. This is a question for you. Okay. What's your go-to podcast for a long commute? There is one called Noble Bloods that I just love. There's many, many, many episodes. They're only about 30 minutes. And each one is about a historical kind of king or queen or royalty related brutal thing that could, that happened. And it could be 50 years ago or it could be 500 years ago. And their stories, and she kind of digs deep into them. Okay. It's fun. I'm learning. I'm trying to be a podcast listener. I know. I'm, I'm recent to it. As far as, like, long commutes, I've been podcasting a little bit more. Like, just listening to it as I... And, and just 
listening to some recently. I did uh, Dolly Parton's oh. uh, America, which is a great one. I actually kind of loved it and kind of hated it, but that's a that's a topic for another. Time. We'll talk about. We got to do a whole Dolly. episode about Dolly. Um, okay, show that you watch only to have something to talk about with other people. Curb your enthusiasm. You're not a big fan, but you feel like you have to. Okay, I think Larry David is so talented, and I think the show is brilliantly done. However, I have never been so stressed out in my entire life. <laughs> that makes sense. There is nothing that makes my skin crawl more than knowing that his character is about to do something horrible to someone else. <laughs> I think um, mine was probably when Tiger King was big during COVID. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. something I was really, like, I'm not really into reality. But I, there, you know, I was like, I don't know. Everybody's watching it. I have nothing else to do. Right. I'll watch it. I so, watch it. Yeah, just to talk. All-time favorite movie. Midnight in Paris, Woody Allen. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's amazing. Um, Princess Bride. Oh, I love that one. All the too. way around. Everything about yeah, it. Yes. So funny, so fun. I mean, someday I have to have a dog and name it. Uh, I mean, I have dogs, but someday I'm going to name, <laughs> name one, one. Inigo Montoya. Uh, <laughs> no um, one will be able to pronounce your dog's name <laughs> or spell it. Yes. Um, beauty product you can't live without. Ooh. Beauty counter lotus cleansing balm. Okay, I think mine is probably I like the 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 big tub of lotion. Um, I think it's Cerave. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what show did you expect to like but ended up hating? <laughs> oh, there's so many. Right now, it's Succession. Okay, because so, I really thought I would love it. I, for me, it was that show. I think it's called Love Life, and it can't. It, like I don't. I don't look. We're not here to. We're not going to bash you. We're not no. going to be mean on this show. We're going to be very loving and sweet. But we are going to give our opinions. And yes. I just, I tried to watch that show. I thought it was something that would really appeal to me. I think I got two or three episodes in, and I was like, I'm just not interested. I think that's okay. I thought it would be. I thought it would be the perfect thing for me because I love Anna Kendrick. I love comedy. I love the whole thing. And I was not digging it. That's. I love Anna Kendrick though. Yeah. Um. If you could take one food to a deserted island, what would it be? Mm. Spaghetti and meatballs. Okay. I'm going similar. I'm going Italian. I'm going with pizza. Just because it's the perfect food. It is. I mean, my husband would say you need a protein on it, but I consider the cheese protein. Are you a cheese pizza girl? Oh, yeah. I mean, unless I can do like a feta olive Greek pizza version. Oh, I got one for you. I'm going to bring you a pizza one day. I can't wait. Let's do pizza. <laughs> That's one of our binges. We'll we'll binge pizza while we talk about our favorite books or something. Okay. Um, speaking of books, what's one book on your bucket list that you don't want to die before you've been able to read it? Mm. Oh gosh, I should have been prepared for this. Probably Little Women. I know the story. Oh. I've read abridged versions so many times, so I'm not to motivated to sit down and read it. But I need to before the end of my life sometimes. Yeah, I I feel like that. I started, I did the Inferno, Dante's Inferno, but Mm -hmm. I need to read the entire Divine Comedy. Like, I need to just read that. Also, the Iliad and the Odyssey, I feel like. I've read those. War and Peace. Like, you have? In school, we have They seem so, really? Yes, and they are so overwhelming. There's so much to interpret. But I need a book club. Like, we're going to have to, I mean, we'll do. Not for that, though. I don't know, because I feel like there is no reason for yeah, there's no reason for me to read it if I don't have someone to talk to about it, though. But since wow. you've read it, I can do that. Oh, it's been a while. Maybe, guys, maybe homework will be Iliad and the Odyssey. <laughs> we'll go from Tiger King to Iliad and the Odyssey. We're getting Imagine. deep. Uh, movie you feel you should have watched, but you haven't yet. Okay, we talked about this the other day. And y'all are going to gasp when I say it, but it's Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that's one. Of, that's on the top. That's my I top. Know. That's a top five movie for me. But it seems stressful to me. It is so, so beautiful. So therefore, when it's on, I... Leave the room, <laughs> or I turn it. Well, off. you do have to start at the very beginning. Yes, 
but and you I, have to go all the way through to the very end. It is so good. I've heard it's beautiful, and that it's you know it's so good. I was I was told for years. I always told people I'd never seen Tootsie. For some reason, that movie always came up, and I was like, oh, I've never seen it. I have so many DVD copies that people gave me here. Now you can watch it. Never watched it this year, Mother's Day. Or last year, Mother's Day. You got to watch I it. I finally watched Tootsie, and I understand. Even, like, Bill Murray's, like, the cast yeah. is incredible. Oh, it's great. I had no idea. I mean, I knew it was, I was going to like it. I just never gotten to it. And, I I mean, you've taken me now to see classic films twice, which I have loved both. I'd never seen Citizen Kane, and I feel like that is yeah. something everyone needed to see. It's an important movie, and it is beautiful. And it's, like, it 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 pioneered so much in the film industry, too. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to see on Golden Pond. Yes. And we got some We got some vintage movies coming up. Workout or class you're obsessed with? Can I guess what yours is? Well, because it's probably the same as yours. Because we both do Orange Theory and we're super sore today. Yes. It's new to us, right? You know, yeah, you- newish. Newish. Yeah. Um, Just a few months we've been trying this, digging into it. But we've been doing everything else. Walking, hiking. Tons of walking. Hot yoga. Oh, which is not my favorite. I do it because of the I peer pressure. I love the way I feel after. I do it because I love you. <laughs> I hate yoga, but I do love. I swear, I'm the song. I like me. I like pina coladas. I like getting caught in the rain. I'm not into yoga, and I'd like to think I have half a brain. Um, all right, last question: most juicy, guilty pleasure. Well, we have already touched on this, but for me, it's it's the online werewolf novels. What about you? Mine was. It's kind of faded. Uh, Kardashians. Oh. I was a little bit, even though I'm not a reality girl. I do. I come from a family very similar. There's big family, one brother, lots of sisters. Um, but we, unlike them, I think, look out for our spouses and our children before them, like before each other. Like, we know we're all good mm-hmm. and we're very close, but it doesn't mean that we put our husbands first. Right. Um, and then our family, like our uh, the family we grew up with comes second. And I think that's where we differ. But I really find a lot that I have in common with them other than the eyelashes and the... I mean, I do have a big butt, but... Um... <laughs> Wait, so now we have to get into... The... So this is going to be fun when we do this with okay. guests. Oh. I'm going to do this to you first. Oh, oh, this or that. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so this is a rapid fire, this or that. And this is where the differences in our personalities are really going to yeah. shine. Okay, okay. Okay, ready? Wine or beer? Wine. Housewives or Kardashians? Kardashians. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Soft or firm mattress? Soft. Nespresso or Starbucks? Neither. I'm a tea drinker. <laughs> Beach or mountains? Mountains. Sweet or salty? Salty. Uh, country or rock? Rock. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Art or sports? Art. Unless there's a football game. <laughs> <laughs> Both. <laughs> I think museum over, you know, baseball. Over baseball, yeah. not football. Football, if my kids are playing. I do like football. You you really like sports. I really like general. basketball. I like to be, you know what? I'm an event girl. I'll go to any event. If you tell me I'm going to the Indy 500, I'm all there. If you but tell me I'm going concert. to the Kentucky Derby. Concerts, because I have to listen to the whole, like I have to know the whole album. I have to be prepared, like my notes. <laughs> I have to be prepared. Um, all right, you ready for yours? I'm ready. Wine or beer? Wine. Housewives or Kardashians? Kardashians. Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Soft or firm mattress? Soft. So we agree there. Beaches or mountains? Beaches. Nespresso or Starbucks? Nespresso. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Mm. All day long. Country or rock? Oh, I guess rock. <laughs> uh, dog or cat? Both. You have both. Art <laughs> or sports? Art, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so now we have to look at, this is going to be a really fun part with our guests, too, is, um, and this is very telling of 
who we are. Um, let's look at our phones. Mine's not in here, but oh, I can tell I, you exactly. Okay. How many emails are in your inbox? Well, you go first because I have a feeling I can top this. Okay. 107. It makes me very nervous because I know because I'm up to date on them. So I know there's 107 that sometime in the last two weeks I have not looked at and it's making me crazy. Okay. So brace yourself. Okay. I don't think you're ready. I don't know if you can handle it. I, I, I don't I don't know. Take a it, guess. Um, Like a thousand? Up? 10,000? More than 10,000? It's more than 10,000. You, you can't pop. How much? It can't even hold. Like, oh, I know where it rolls over. Okay. What are we talking? 50,000? <laughs> 92,000. What? Yeah. Then plus some. How? <laughs> how do you even? Okay. Are you up to date? Like currently, like today you've looked at your emails? Yes. Oh, yes. I check my emails every day. But- so what are you missing? <laughs> <laughs> so the majority of what's left in there is like, the advertisements, you know, like the promo emails and things like that. That okay, okay. So what you need to do is you need to have a separate email account just for that. My brother set me up with this years ago, so that email account might have like twenty thousand in it, maybe. Yeah. But that's my online shopping, especially after the holidays. That's where the receipts go. That's where all the spam goes. And I have that sort of. Oh, you have a different over one? the years. Things have just gotten mixed together. Oh my goodness. So I, my personal email, I'm really good about checking it and finding the things that are important. Well, even this one that I have a hundred and what? What did I say? hundred and seven on right now. That's actually that's I have like five aliases that all go together. I have like business, I have doctors, I have kids school stuff, kids sports stuff. Those are all aliases that all go in. So that's 107, but only but all shopping stuff goes to a separate one. So you never even see it. I never unless see it unless I need to dig something. through and like, "Hmm, I wonder what happened to that package." Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. They're just all there that is so staring at me. Crazy. <laughs> but I never oh get behind on text messages. I never get behind on text messages. That's where I keep up to date. That's if you need me, you know you need to text me and tell me there's an email to read. Yeah. And I'm then the I will way. go find it if I can because I will get a little distracted. <laughs> um what about uh apps that you like? Any apps that you play oh, games on? So I actually had to give up some of mine. Uh because they got very distracting. For a while I was obsessed with this game. It was like Game of Sultans or something like that. <laughs> you like the magical, mystical stuff. Apparently, I do. Yeah, with your werewolves and your... I know. And there's also... <laughs> this is not a game, but there's... I got served an ad for this soap, and I'm pretty sure it's out of Russia or Turkey. Ooh. It's based on the Ottoman Empire. It's called Magnificent Century. Is this because of your Sultan game? Yes, I'm sure it is. I oh got served gosh. it. And it's not in English. There's subtitles. And I just get served these little snippets on social media all the time, and I am hooked. Like, oh I've never gosh. watched an actual episode of it. Oh, my gosh. But I love it. So I'm terrified of flying, but I fly all the time. And so an app that I play a lot of the time, I'll either play Solitaire or Sudoku. Mm-hmm. I tend to like numbers. I don't like word games, although... I'm a word person. Although, right here, if you look, <gasps> all the YouTubers that are watching my, uh, my time on um, Wheel of Fortune recently. I was on Wheel of Fortune. This is my nameplate from Wheel of Fortune. And... I won a million dollars on Wheel of Fortune, even yes, though I say I'm did. not a word game girl. But in this case, I and like it's signed by Vanna and Pat, and they signed it for me. And I was like, I'm taking this. I'm stealing it from the set. And I have my little million dollar card. But I, I um, I studied the app. I played the app because I actually did Family Feud too with my family. And so we all played the Family Feud app for a while to get used to it. So then I decided to do the same thing because we had success there. It was the first game show right. I ever won. So then Wheel of Fortune, I was like, well, maybe if I play the app, it'll help. 
And so I did get into that little word app. So I did play some. So I do like at night, like Tucker, our youngest, likes me to lay with him a little bit sometimes just to get him to sleep. And uh, and he's my baby, so I'm going to do it. Of course. As long as he wants. If he's 16 and he still wants mommy to put him to bed, I will. But um, I I am pretty much crazy about Wheel of Fortune now. So That's great. That's my fun app. I like Scrabble. If I'm playing oh, a word really? game, I love Scrabble. Yeah, see, I'm not a, I'm not a Scrabble person, but I'll play with you. Okay. Just for you. But meanwhile, I guess that's the end of our first... We did it. Our first episode. We're here. I hope you guys we liked died. it. I hope everybody had fun <laughs> with us. Um, we'll have lots of fun going forward. We'll have fun guests. We'll ask a lot of these same questions. Um, and we're just going to binge watch stuff between now and then. So we hope you guys will subscribe on YouTube and where your podcasts are found. And what else? Review, Leave rate. Leave us a review. Um, make sure you check in with us on Instagram. Yes. Uh, at, at what, what women, women binge. binge and our website is whatwomenbinge.com you can find everything there if you go to whatwomenbinge.com you will find uh, our link tree to all of our different subscribing everything. everything go hit every button on there so we can do lots more of these for you guys and talk about lots more content there's so much content there is so, so much. much entertainment there is so many workouts and foods and beauty products and things that we can't wait to talk to you guys about and uh, we thank you for being here our very first episode Yay. so subscribe and go find something binge worthy this week our wonderful theme song was written and produced by my cute husband Mark Wilkerson and What Women Binge is produced by Laughagram Studios, video production by Matt Giesler, and sound by Matt Lott. What Women Binge is distributed by Podcast Heat. For more information, visit podcastheat.com.